0: So today, we're going to be talking about the cost of living and GMO. We then have the amazing Alice Bardwell from Pittastic to talk about her ethically sourced and (laughs) biodegradable deodorant bars.
1: Uh,
2: Before we start, though, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and click the bell to turn on notifications. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook under the handle... My Green Pod check out our website uh, mygreenpod.com where you'll find our humongous eco marketplace which stocks everything from sustainable flip flops to ethically sourced gin
0: yeah (laughs) the the, the important stuff flip flops (laughs) and (laughs) gin So, this next bit is news of what we've been up to at home. So, Joe, what have you been doing to green up your life since we last connected with our audience?
2: Um, well, I've been really concentrating on my vegetable garden. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time at home because I'm getting over a, a foot up. So, I've been in and out of my vegetable garden. It's so good at the moment, and I just love going up there picking my dinner and eating it within an hour you know it's just it's joyous it's just and I feel those nutrients going into my body I don't know if it's just me but I really feel like I can feel what it's doing me good so it's all about my vegetable garden
0: at the moment that's amazing because so what what's the tastiest thing you've had from the from the patch so far
2: do you know, my beetroots are so beautiful. It has, they have a taste of earth about them. And they're just fabulous. My potatoes, new potatoes, everything. I've had the most beautiful artichokes.
3: Ooh. Nice.
0: Nice. What about you, Katie? What have you been doing to green up bit, your life?
3: I've been feeling I'm a bit jealous about that. We haven't got any um, vegetables growing yet because we've got so many, we've got so many rabbits in the garden. We can't grow anything. <laughs> I can't even grow flowers, so I've similarly I've bought loads of um just flowers because they're all on offer at the moment from the garden centres and things. So I keep getting these emails saying, "Oh, buy it. they're just ridiculous prices," and I haven't been able to resist, so I've just bought loads and loads of flowers and put them all in pots and uh, and just trying to make the back of the house that isn't infested with rabbits look nice. And then another thing we've been um, here's a tip. Here's a tip. Go on. If you get
2: cayenne pepper. And put it in water, and you and you put <coughs> it all
3: around. It, the rabbits hate it. So nothing stops these rabbits. Have you nothing. tried though?
0: Have you tried? K- she hasn't tried cayenne pepper, so we will try it, Joe. She said uh, nothing stops the
3: rabbits. That's basically <laughs> an
0: excuse to not grow stuff. So we will try that. And I yeah, there's get... no
3: excuse, darling. I'll get out We're there. actually getting an allotment, so that, uh, that Oh, that might be better. Of... Yeah, I
2: think yeah, that be better.
0: Th- I think we're waiting for that. Yeah. And 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 as for me, we um we've just had an epic trip to Stockholm, uh which which I did in the car. So we drove to Stockholm, we got a ferry from Hull to Rotterdam and then drove up through Germany and Denmark and then into Sweden for Stockholm plus fifty, which is a big climate conference. It was about twelve hundred miles there and back, so we did it all as a family. took us two or three days to get there, had a few days there, and then a few days to get back. So it was an epic, epic journey. But it cost me the whole trip cost me about one hundred and fifty pounds for four of us that went. So, right, epic.
3: Electric, yeah.
0: You got to go electric, guys. (laughs) Okay, so this brings us nicely on to, because I've talked a little bit about saving money from travelling, the cost of living. So this is something that you wanted to talk about, isn't it? The cost of living right now, how it links to sustainability. Yeah, so.
3: it, really, it really worries me. And I think it's been kind of, it's, on, it's been on the back of my mind, in the back of my mind for a while. And then I had a conversation with somebody the other day who has a local organic veg box scheme. And they said that so many people have just stopped their subscriptions now because they're so worried about the cost of living. And organic food was the first thing to go. And I thought, oh, my God, first, first of all, is that, is that right? Does organic food necessarily cost more? And secondly, is that, a kind of, is that now a marker of how people are going to feel about sustainable lifestyles generally? Is oh, no. it going to be case that people think well this is a nice to have it's all very lovely when we've got lots of money coming in but i need to feed my family and i need to pay the energy bills so is that the first thing that's going to go and i just i just wanted to open it up a bit really with you both because i'm not sure what the answers are and i'm not sure and we know that if you do it right sustainable living doesn't have to be that expensive it doesn't have to cost a lot more and i think it's just important to tell people how they might be able to save money and live consciously at the same time
0: yeah I mean, obviously growing your own is not uh, available to everybody, although there are some indoor ways, you know, even in city, there are some indoor ways to grow but your own stuff, But not everything, not all of you. not stuff. everything.
2: What are they swapping it for? Cheap food. Yeah. That's going to damage their health. Yeah.
0: I mean, But that's, in the that's short the thing, term, people it?
3: firefight, don't they, in the short term. you're You're just thinking about immediately, tonight, what am I going to put on the table for my family? You're not thinking about your health in 20 years' time. Well,
2: how easy is it to make uh, fresh soup? And how cheap is it to make soup? Better than going to McDonald's.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's lots of things, isn't there? So there's the energy prices have gone up massively. There's the cost of, you know, all kinds of materials and supplies from around the world, particularly food. I mean, this is not going away. It's going to get even worse. So and, and unfortunately, even the government have turned around and said that, you know, sustainability is not, a priority right now, because of what's going on, so what tips would we give? I mean, you know what tips would you give Joe perhaps to our audience to say how you can you know maybe stay sustainable on the side of food and you know anything foraging maybe
2: yeah foraging i mean i here where I live, I pick nettles because nettles are so so nutritious. And I cook them like spinach. And the Romans brought nettles into England back in the Roman times because they're so highly nutritious. And to eat something like nettles and rice, and uh, you, you can eat cheaply. Yeah. I don't know what most people are going to do when winter comes and they can't afford to heat their homes. But, you know, as a child, I remember going to bed and I remember seeing my breath. In my own bedroom and getting yeah. under the covers because my dad never put the heating on all through. Yeah. We had a fire downstairs in the living
3: room, it was yeah. always
2: cold in our house.
3: We had had a fire and then by the time you got, you had to kind of stay warm and put jumpers on sometimes if it was really cold. But Martin Lewis is talking about, did you read (gasps) that he was, um, he was talking about the prospect of warm banks like food banks. So people maybe having to get together in libraries and public places so that they could all share heating and that they could all share warmth. I think we've got so spoiled
2: in the last 50 years, we've forgotten what it's like, you know. Back in the day, up until where I live, up until 2006, they didn't even have electricity in this house. That's why I'm off grid. And and he, that guy that lived here until a very old age survived with a fire in the living room and no electricity in 2000, in the early 2000s. We've just forgotten and we've got so spoiled. We need Yeah. think back. My grandmother used to make food out of potato peelings you know there's a way we can survive
0: yeah there is there is and one one of the big things that everyone can do and this is you know it's probably the most boring thing when it comes to saving money but it's insulation they did a massive survey across all you know the majority of the houses across the uk and and 85 percent of them are poorly insulated and if you insulate your properties and you can do it you know it doesn't have to cost a fortune you just have to be a bit creative and just fill up those gaps, fill up those leaks, fill up those holes and, uh, and yeah, and get some more woolly jumpers from uh, eBay.
3: The, that's the um, eBay. <laughs> immediate answer, isn't it? I think warm the body, heat the body, not the, heat the human, not the house. That's the line, isn't it? Because it's just so much more effective as well as being cheaper. So, but I mean, yeah, it's fine for us. But if you kind of, for the elderly and for babies and things, it becomes a bit more difficult, I suppose. <laughs> what have you got to Heavy. say?
0: Heavy's like, heavy's on <laughs> it. So moving on to something that's very, very close to your heart, Joe, GMO. I know you wanted to share something about this. So firstly, what does GMO mean?
2: It's a genetically modified organism. And it's basically taking the the plant and seed and genetically altering its DNA. And and this all started back in the seventies. And they say since the seventies, cancer has written risen highly. In America, 90% of all corn grown is genetically modified. Look at It's genetically modified. Butterflies won't go onto a genetically modified crop. And the genetically modified corn, they have modified it so that it's its own pesticide. So it, when bugs come onto it and they eat it, the bugs die. And then they cut it down and feed it to us. And England is is now a, a going through a thing where it's allowing, it's allowing, it being more um, uh, lenient and letting GMO come into our country. And I don't think we should allow gen- genetically modified crops.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was there's been a few um, there's been a few interesting uh, global trade laws around this, hasn't there? Because the UK is letting America, um, letting us trade with America a lot more. And America's laws around pesticides are much weaker than the European um, European laws. So that's essentially opened up the doorway for new crops and new food products to come into the UK that essentially are uh, up to recently been, been illegal to have here, right?
2: Yeah, but not only that, we're feeding our animals on GMO pellets. so. It's just too much now. And I can't understand why we're going so far away from nature. And, you know, you look at people are getting so ill all the time. It's just...
0: Definitely been links, hasn't there, to, car- you know, to, to cancerous cells being caused by these particular chemicals in food. i tell you what I'm noticing, though, Joe, and I really appreciate you bringing this to the table because it's important. I'm noticing there is a big shift uh, in people that are actually reconnecting back with a more natural way of living now like I've spoken to in the last few months I've spoken to so many people that are either decided to move abroad to a you know a, a kind of less intensive farming area or they are moving to off more off-grid solutions like you and um, starting to grow their own stuff so there, I think there is a transition happening the problem is it's just not happening quickly enough but most I mean you know most mainstream shoppers if you like the, the, those people that are called consumers um i guess they're still bought into this kind of trusting the food systems that we've got so how can we how can we educate people more about it though how can we you know how, you can't tell people what to do can you
3: no it's very
2: difficult you can only you can only lead
3: by example it's about the soil health and soil quality as well isn't it and you look at kind of the way that agriculture's been for the land. i mean it's not yeah. that long in the grand scheme of of human history, and just what we've managed to do in that time, you know, and to completely wreck the quality of the soil that we have to grow the future, our future food in is just—it's just.
0: So, what do people have to look out for? Like, if you don't want to buy into that GMO system, what do you need to look out for on labels?
3: You have to look at the labels
2: because in England we have we okay. have to label if it's got GMO. If it, if it says. The only way you can guarantee if it says no, just does not contain GMO. Because sometimes I find there's things that are so tiny written yeah, that you, if you you have to look for it. But I always go for organic.
3: But with certification, though, not just that it contains one organic ingredient, which is sometimes what they do.
2: They're very very crafty with their labeling. They they find ways around it that you. So you don't, you think, oh, this is fine. And then when you really look, you'll see there's only one ingredient.
3: It's crazy, isn't it? Because that just shows that they know we want the organic products. They know that demand's there. And that's why they're kind of shouting about it on their own packaging. But they're not not delivering it. So it's really, it's just, it's so underhand. It's just... It's just awful, isn't it? And we are,
0: we are moving it. We've got to move into a time, you know, if we are, we are going to, you know, hit our kind of targets of keeping temperatures from rising above, you know, that critical 1.5, we're already on a trajectory for that to be two, possibly three degrees higher by the end of the century. We have to reach fossil fuel um, uh, usage, uh, peak fossil fuel usage in the next two years and then declined by 45% from that. And a lot of that is related to agriculture, farming, and the way we, uh, you know, the, the intensified um, farming systems that are in place. So if we can collectively shift to a more organic or more regenerative product, you know, natural products, then of course that will have a knock on effect on the, on the fossil fuel system.
2: Yeah, it's, if we all went back to organic farming, we'll be fine, <laughs> oh, look at that.
0: <laughs> Yeah, we would, we would. All right, well, I think we've gone on enough about that, but look out for the GMO labels on your products and try and buy natural, organic, locally sourced, but, you know, GMO-free.
2: Farmer's markets, farmer's markets.
0: Farmer's markets, but even then, you need to just ask the question, is it, you know, is it all organic? Um, and And the thing is, is that, yes, it might be a little bit more expensive, but what's the cost to you and what's the cost to the planet and what's the cost to your kids? So... Is it worth paying a little bit more? I think it is. You get a better quality, better sustenance, better nutrients in your body. So you might pay a bit more, might eat a bit less, but you're getting better overall. Cost versus um, value. Cost versus value, yeah, Yeah. brilliant. All right, so let's move on. So we've got today uh, a guest uh, who's one of our hero products on My Green Pod. Um, It's Alice Bardwell, who is the owner-founder of a brand called Pittastic, which is a natural... Plastic-free, packaged deodorant. So we're going to have a chat with Alice now. So welcome, Alice. Thank you for joining us. You are our very first hero, pod hero, on our new series of Migraine Podcasts. So welcome.
2: Nice to see you, Alice. I was just wondering how long have you been doing Pittastic and what made you inspired you to start
1: ah so it's now the end of 2018 um i had one of the first of the uk's plastic free shops um one of the originals lovely david Attenborough inspired um and during that time the whole Big thing that everybody was trying to make their first plastic free change on was the solid shampoo bar Everybody wanted a shampoo bar. Everybody did. I think it was just one of those things that somebody wanted to change and that was a big thing And so I then started to think oh what else could I do that would have a a bar that other people would need on a daily basis And so I started to tinker um, with doing the solid deodorant Um, however Things came to a grinding halt um, kind of early 2019 because I had a stroke and uh, I lost all my speech. And as you can see now I can talk again, which is all good. Um, but it just meant it had massive impact and massive change. But what it allowed me to do is it allowed me to formulate what I created today that is used UK wide. So sat literally over a little bowl stirring and mixing and changing things and burning my armpits and burning other people's armpits and that's what it needed to do and sniffing lots of armpits as well and that's why Pittastic as a brand originally um was amusing it was funny because that's what i did for a living was i worked with people's armpits was it was it a scent a scent
0: deodorant and a hair remover all at once at first
1: (laughs) oh you know there there were some pretty bad times there were some (laughs) ingredients I tried putting in them and you know you go through a whole a whole trial and and um elimination process and, and uh just to get something which is biodegradable natural I was feeding my daughter at the time as well so you have lots of issues around like hormones and and body aid and stuff and yeah trying to get the right balance of having a solid bar that that is green and ethical um and biodegradable top to bottom and that's why i did the bar but there are so many other things you can do like cardboard tubes and things but i kept it as my unique solid bar yeah i have some can
0: i ask you a question ellis i'd love to know because you're the expert what are the problems with the, the mainstream products that most people are using
1: <laughs> there are uh, lots of discussion points and i think which is great that other other mainstream companies are coming out now as well so one of the big is aluminium so putting aluminium on your body it blocks your pores so that's the whole point of when you have an off-the-shelf product and um, that people will use daily so, something in a spray can, for an example, has a lot of aluminium because it stops you or completely sweating. Um, and then oncologists that talk about breast cancer survival, they actually tell their breast cancer survivors not to use these types of products with aluminium in them because it stops your pores from actually um, releasing the toxins from your body and can, in terms, lead to breast cancer issues. So, that's one of them. Um, but unfortunately there's so many different parabens so parabens are when you have chemicals that could potentially cause ca- um, cancer to your body um, and lots of off-the-shelf um, major brands still have those in those today and they're still not being um, uh, remanded for such which is something which I'm trying to do in the quest
2: well it's all about the money isn't it cheap products making you know make lots of money
3: and that's what
2: it is yeah um, yeah
3: yeah. And also, it's the problem with, we've spoken a bit about this before, Alice, but there's a there's a problem with, with sweat. Like people yeah. are just, the people have just, they think that sweating is a bad thing because of all the marketing that's gone on around deodorants and antiperspirants. And it's not, it's the best, because it gets rid of all of the toxins in your body. You need to do it.
1: Especially, and then talking about women and sweating. So men are allowed to go out there and go for a jog and like be, you know... Sweat pouring off your body and over your face. It's all masculine and sexy. Yes. Exactly. But us women, oh, we're not allowed to, we can glow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ge- yeah. Gently glow. That's that Victorian phrase, isn't it?
1: <laughs> gently glow, we don't perspire. Um, but you're right, though. Um, you know, the, the, the pitastic bars, they do, to a certain point, stop some of the perspiration, but not as much as blocking your pores because there is your body's toxic pathway to rid of it and your lymph nodes are right underneath your armpits. And that's why the oncologists who talk to the breast cancer survivors say, don't do it. Um, yeah. so it's, it's a delicate balance. And, but, you know, yeah, it's uh, personally and other people are now starting to learn that and hopefully we can perspire bravely as we go forward. What have you
0: found feedback from your, your uh, customer base? Cause obviously we sell the products on my green pod, which is, you know, been a great relationship we've had with you, but what kind of, what kind of feedback do you get? Is it like from, you know, people that are trying it for the first time?
1: Um, sometimes you get questions, um, which I try and head up before they have it, especially if they're changing from a, um, regular or, you know, off the shelf, we say off the shelf, but you know, there are lots of natural ones out there off the shelf now, which is amazing. um, but it's, uh, it's just having some of the adaptations. So sometimes you have to go through a bit of a toxic unload of the body before your body then starts to balance it out itself. Um, but then the feedback that I then tend to get is really lovely and inspiring things like this really helped me. It's something that I've wanted to use for ages, but none of them have ever worked for me. So it's usually to do with body odor, um, marks on T-shirts, um, but also doing things like saying, uh, which I love, um, my teenagers starting to smell a bit um but i don't want to give them i don't say it the uh the wonderful cat brand especially with boys that thing someone said to me the other day they said oh that cat brand uh, of passage you know they spray it all over themselves to the point where you choke when you walk into their bedrooms I'm like that well why don't you change this rite of passage then because you should be teaching them now to do it on your body in a way that you should do in the future but those conversations come back from like oh could they use it could my teenager use it and, and sadly eight or nine year olds as well have this issue already and oh so it means they, I know I know um and they, they come to me and to be honest with you I usually gift them that kind of stuff when I get someone I've had some younger than that as well for all sorts of hormone balance reasons but yeah so the feedback it, it's not always just a negative you, you do get the occasional issue um, but usually the feedback's really good and it leads into other things so yeah, I yeah that's really nice. good
3: advice actually just don't don't give up initially because you think oh my goodness this isn't working the same way that I would expect a conventional deodorant or antiperspirant to yeah. work give your body time to adjust to it
1: because of course Apple when they first started in the 70s was so far ahead of themselves that it took a long time you know for something their product then is now an everyday household name isn't it and I think it's the same with me sticking to my guns. So many people are like, "Why don't you put it in a tube? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that?" It's like you know, to make it more conventional, to make it easy to do. And it's like, but I've stuck with my guns for a reason, because it is completely biodegradable. Because it is hasn't got any packaging, and because it does do what it needs to, but in a different way. Like you're saying, sometimes, like in the summertime at the moment, people get a little bit um worried or concerned because it's a bar because it's really hot I don't know about you at the minute but it's about 27 28 degrees here and of course if you leave your deodorant in the car it will melt and stuff but put it in your fridge and it's just again making tiny little changes that has such a huge impact for so many different variables of what we're trying to do with our lives our bodies the environment the planet doing little things and uh, and it still works and that's the whole point I'm trying to do
0: yeah, I love that because this is very much about those little. We were just talking about this earlier, actually, that we've become so used to a, a certain set of lifestyle conditions that, and actually, it, that that's the very thing that is turning our planet, you know, against us because we're abusing. It. So it's just time for us to strip back and, you know, use products in a different way and
2: get more natural. Get more natural and in touch with the world, you know organicness of the world. We need to do
0: that so badly. Yeah. Well, Alice, listen. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, Thank you. If you want to find out more about Pitastic, we will put a note in the um, in the in the link in the in the bottom. And uh, if you want to go to My Green Pod, you can shop with us or you can shop directly at Pitastic. And um, yeah, just get on it. Get your pits natural.
3: Natural pits. Yeah. Natural pits. <laughs> wondered whether you were able to talk about that um partnership as well that you've got
1: yeah that's a really interesting point so I'm working with a company at the moment um they are a Cornish Cornish based company because I'm based down in the southwest everybody that I work with here is all based in the southwest um and they are creating a 3d printed um bar holder for me and the most exciting part of this is that all of the plastic is reused comes from the beaches actually hand picked up and the majority of it is fishing net and the fishing net is then reused and repurposed and created into a holder for me um which means that it's removing the plastic from the planet um and it's being reused and it just gives somebody another option because lots of people don't always like to have cosmetics on their hands um which is another thing but um it's another option for people to have if they don't want the naked bar
0: nice 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 will you um we've used it so we know all about it will you will you mind popping some products in in the post for joe and then joe you can give us some feedback on it in the next next few episodes what do you reckon
2: i would love to do that are you more floral or more zesty oh zesty please
0: (laughs) brilliant alice thank you ever so much been great to have you on thank you for being our first guest Thank from you. our My Green Blood Hero Network. Thanks, Ali. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Joe and Katie, for joining us on this episode of My Green Podcast. And huge thanks to you all, the listeners, for tuning in. Don't forget to share with your friends.
2: And don't forget to follow us on social media for news,
3: events, and product discounts. If you've got any questions, you can always email us at hello at mygreenpod.com. If you subscribe to our mailing list, you'll also get exclusive discounts to our giant range of sustainable products.
0: That's at mygreenpod.com also, and all of our handles are at mygreenpod. So have a fantastic day, everybody! Keep it green! Keep it green. green. (laughs)